Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy. And we are excited to have on the show today, Daniel M. Daniel, thank you for joining us. Hey, I'm so glad and excited to be with you guys. First thing out of the bag, what is what does the M stand for? <laughs> <laughs> The number of times that I've been made fun of, I didn't expect counselors to make fun of my last name, but the first question, yeah, we can talk about my history if you really want, but (laughs) okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Daniel is the director of church multiplication for newchurches.com and Lifeway Christian Resources. He serves as teaching pastor at the fellowship and that is a multi-site church there in Nashville. His latest book is Five Small Shifts That Will Transform Your Ministry. Tell us about the book. Yeah, the book is really the idea of, you know, the fact, so Five Small Shifts That'll Transform Your Ministry is the subtitle. The title's No no Silver Bullets, because we want the silver bullet. (laughs) And, and, you know, in life, in our family, you know, I have three children, been married for 11 years, and in my marriage, and when I was doing premarital counseling, in, in you know, everything, we want that one perfect silver bullet that's going to just set us on a new trajectory of growth, of maturity, of development, and there just isn't. However, our culture is so entrenched with the now, now, now instant gratification that that just kind of, you know, it kind of, it kind of propels that desire we have for silver bullets. So this book is really, what are the small shifts that we can make? As, uh, as disciples, as leaders uh, that are really going to set our life and also our churches on a new trajectory of growth. Yeah, you discuss micro shifts within the book without necessarily giving the book away. What, what are micro shifts? What are some examples of those? And what are you encouraging the reader to really uh, walk away with from the book? Yeah, so one of the shifts that I talk about is the idea of moving from output goals to input goals right? And dieting, right? Dieting is one of those, I think a lot of times we lump all goals into this one bucket of this is a goal. My goal in dieting is to lose 10 pounds by the end of the month so that I can go on the beach trip, right? So it's, you know, we have these goals that we do that we make, but the thing is goals aren't really one dimensional. So here's the example that I give in the book. There are four ways that we try to lose weight. And I'm, it's not a weight loss book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. Josh, <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> so, so you know, if we think about, but the, the losing weight is a great thing that we can all, we've all been on diets and we've all tried. And it's a great way to just kind of tease out what an output goal and an input goal is. So the first way we try to lose weight is just by saying, I want to lose weight. Right. We say, I want to lose weight. I got to lose weight. You look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I totally got to lose weight. And that's just, you just have that kind of open-ended goal and, you know, you may not really change anything. It may just be a decision and it doesn't really get you anywhere. So that's the first way. 
The second way is we're like, well, I want to lose weight. I want to lose 10 pounds by the end of the month or by, you know, let's say, let's give ourselves a realistic timeline, 10 pounds in two months uh, because I have a vacation coming up and I need to wear that bathing suit. I need to get fit so I can take care of the kids and go on activities and right. So whatever that goal is, you have 10 pounds at the end of two months. So you eat a salad for lunch, but everyone's eating ribs for dinner. (laughs) What do you do? Well, you ate a salad for lunch, so it should be okay, right? Just skip breakfast, and it just all evens itself out, right? You're like inside my head. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Go keep going. Yeah. So, so so that's the silver bullet, right? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So that's the second way we try to lose weight. You may lose a pound here or there, but you're likely going to gain it back. The third way we try to lose weight. So those are output goals, right? We have our output goal of losing 10 pounds in two months. We, you can then set an input goal and say, okay, well, I got to, I got to exercise. I got to, I got to eat less, uh, less calories. And so you do that, but you can do that and still, and still not lose weight because you're just with the amount of calories that you're burning off, you're just eating the same amount. Right. And that's, that's a little bit where I'm at where, yes, I do want to lose a couple pounds, but I just love eating so much that I have to exercise (laughs) right and it's just it's you know good for my heart but i it's you know that's kind of where i'm at i'm not able to go down now the fourth way to lose weight is okay you there are a lot of calculators like this online where you go 10 pounds lose 10 pounds in 60 days i'm this height you know i'm 511 i'm 173 pounds i'm uh you know this how old i am you know so you kind of put all this in and then it spits out, hey, so this is what your calorie intake should be every day. Instead of 2,000 calories, you should have you should take in 1,700 calories. So whether through exercise or eating a little bit less, if you do that every single day for 60 days, you're going to get to losing 10 pounds, right? So I share all this because losing weight or growing in maturity or changing you know, making a change in your marriage or in parenting or in your friendships or whatnot is not just, it's not just about saying I need to change, right? We need to look at goals differently. So I, I tease what that actually looks like and some research, uh, massive research project on discipleship and on maturity. And isn't it really just about I'm sure it's about several different things, but falling in love with the change process, not necessarily the, the result, goal. Yeah, mm, yeah, because you can't. I mean, the goal is only going to motivate you so far, right? I mean, it really is that day in, day out. So here's an example, right? We think, uh, I mean, when I, when I was getting married and or when I was dating my wife and I was asking people, how do you know you've met the one? Or how do you know, how do I know if Christina is the one I'm supposed to marry? And, you know, what do people say? You just, you just know. know. Yeah, you just know. You just know when you know. And I was like, that, that is not helpful, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that is just, I don't know why you're saying that. It's just simply not helpful. And then I got married and then people would ask me and I'm like, oh, you just kind of know when you know. Right? know. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, in the same way, when it comes to maturity, spiritual maturity, a lot of a lot of times it's like well how did you how do how do you have a vibrant relationship with god well you just it just kind of happened uh you know you and you look back in your history and you're like was it because of that was it because of the conference i went to was it the bible study i went to and everything kind of just mumble jumbles together right so the beauty of the research is that hey here are eight 
clear metrics for maturity? And what are the one or two things that you can do that'll actually influence all of it, right? So for your, for your, I mean, I go at length, really looking at all the different attributes. And I explain that in the book, but here, I'll give you one of the big ones from the book, reading your Bible. I'm not talking about, you know, Jimmy and, and Josh, I'm not talking about studying, which did result in maturity. I'm not studying. I'm not talking about memorizing the scriptures, which also results in maturity. I'm just, sim- I'm simply just talking about reading the word of God. Wow. That's asking a little much. Just, yeah. Like it, you could even listen to it. Right. I mean, like, I, I mean, it's just, it's just Audio that book. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's, it's like before, right. You know, before you turn on, turn on the paradox podcast or right, right. When this episode is done, yeah. right. Turn on the Bible app and listen to five minutes of scripture. But honestly, I'm, you know, it I'm, I'm, sounds facetious, but in the research, if someone read their Bible on a monthly basis compared to a daily basis, every single aspect of maturity increased. Wow. Like everything from sharing your faith to exercising faith to, you know, to serving others. So it's just every aspect of maturity actually increased just as you increased your reading the Bible. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo we, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see, see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. You also have in here a matrix where you're, you know, kind of trying to help leaders identify their, the churches that they're serving. You, you said there's a hippie church, an intentional church, a silver bullet church, and a copycat church. What are you talking about? Uh, okay, so the copycat church, those are the churches that they have a low sense of cultural accountability. So they read the latest book or they listen to the latest podcast or the conference and they're like, oh, that church is successful. Let's adopt their model. And three months down the road, a year down the road, they change, right? Low cultural accountability. They're always changing. But the way they view discipleship is that it's about taking a set of classes. It's a destination, getting to a destination. Right. So there's a lot of churches in that copycat realm. Mm -hmm. And then you have the silver bullet church. Now, is this the one in Denver that actually hands out Coors Light? Hey, I'll be here all week. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, whether they do that or not, uh, (laughs) when it comes to discipleship, uh, the the destination side is they're still destination oriented. It's still, hey, do these set of things. But there's a high level of cultural accountability. So they're going to they're going to look shiny. They're going to look like they have their processes in place. 
right? They're going to have, it looks, it looks like it's all together, but the, the issue is their metrics for maturity are not the input ones that we've been talking about. Nice. And then you got hippie churches, right? Hippie churches, they're the ones that they see discipleship as a, you know, it's about direction. What direction are you moving in? Low cultural accountability. So there's a high level of change. So, so they're kind of like this and I have to do the voice because yeah, there's no other way to. And I'm going to picture you in a beard and a flannel shirt. Go. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? I mean, whatever works for you, works for you. <laughs> like if, if you want to go to that group or don't want to go to a group, it's fine. I mean, just, just, you know, just think about God and, you know, just read, you know, read this book or, do, you know, it's just, it's just, it's honestly, there's no balance. It's, it's just, right. there's just no, there's no metrics. There's nothing. It's just kind of, yeah, it's about direction. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You need to run the race of faith with perseverance. Yes. You know, we, there, there are these scripture passages, but there are goals, there are input and output goals that relate to that. And that's what leads us to the intentional church where there's a high level of cultural accountability. They view discipleship in a directional lens, which I do believe is the biblical way of viewing discipleship. Uh, But the goals that they use are those input goals that I reference in the book where it's, it's not just, Hey, you're mature. If you give, you're mature. If you're in a group, you're mature. If you're going on Sunday, three out of four weeks or four out of four, you know, in a month, but you're actually looking at different metrics, ones that are more about faithfulness than about trying to fabricate fruitfulness. I mean, if I'm reading this correctly, you could look at those four different churches and virtually say, well, there's also these four different kind of believers. Mm, That's good. Well, thank you. Uh, It's your book. I really would have thought you would have hit on that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, before I, but you know, I mean, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot to learn, not just from the different types of churches, but that could be describing people's faith walk. You know, are we just shiny on the outside? I think it's a lot more applicable than just simply church leaders. That's, that's really good. That's going to be my next book. Thank you oh, for that idea. Yes. <laughs> and there'll be a percentage. that. I yes. No, you're right. Because when, when it comes to maturity, when it comes to goal setting, when it comes to all that, you're right. I mean, you could have someone that by all accounts, by their behavior, everything. And you know, I moved to the South three years ago. I'm Canadian. I've pastored in several different <laughs> cities around the world, but I've never lived in the South. I pastored in Montreal and it's like 0.5% Christian. And now I'm in the South and I meet all my neighbors and you're all Christian. And I'm like, shoot, why are you Christian? I don't want you to be Christian. I want to evangelize. (laughs) You know, and then I, and then I discover, oh wait, just because you say you're Christian doesn't mean you're Christian. Well, yeah. And, and also, you know, in the South and like here in Texas, especially in East Texas, you can go to pennies and these different uh, department stores and the eye holes are pre-cut in the pillowcases, which really makes a what? I don't I'm even know saying, you can talk about that. I'm just saying, you know, clan activity. It's, it's convenient. That's very weird. It is to talk about the South that way, yeah. especially being from the South. And Daniel I've is heard. completely silent, not knowing how to <laughs> respond right now. Yeah. I'm just, I want to <laughs> let you guys play this out. <laughs> Paradox. <laughs> Paradox. Um, moving forward, <laughs> tell us how this applies to families. Obviously, it is, I mean, super applicable to pastors, to lay leaders. How might a mom or a dad pick up this book and receive assistance in trying to build the right culture within their family? Mm, that's such a good question. So I have 
been married for 11 years. Christina is my wife. I have three kids. Victoria, she's about to turn eight. Adeline is six and a half. And my son, Makarios, is three. And people are always like, Makarios? Makarios? Are you you Greek? Are you... (laughs) I'm like no, I'm Korean. Uh, no, it's you know Makarios from. If if you guys remember Greek, uh, you you take a look at Matthew five. Blessed, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed that. So that word and blessed is Makarios. Mm-hmm. We knew that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> when I, when I was in seminary, it was like really. You know, I was like, if I ever have a son, I want to name him Makarios. But anyways, that's a that's another story. So. So here's one of the things that I do, understanding the research, understanding what this all means, right? I, I want to, I had the privilege of baptizing my two girls uh, about half a year ago, and it was really neat to see them articulate the faith, uh, understand what it means to confess their sins. And I really made sure it wasn't just a, I want to do it, or yeah. I want to do it because my sister's doing it. So I actually separated them and like asked them to tell me the gospel and, <laughs> you know, walk through it all. But, you know, in and all that, and in the way that I'm trying to raise them up to know, love, and serve Jesus, you know, if you look back to the, what I said about Bible reading, I mean, every day, imperfectly, trying to do it every day, doesn't always happen every week, but I read the Bible with them, right? And we, and we pray together. And when it comes to confessing your sins, there's another, there's, that was another link. Those who confess their sins on a regular basis were more likely to share their faith with others than those who didn't. Right. There's a connection there. So even in the way that they're, you know, when one sister hits another sister or the, you know, the, they're neglecting each other or they're trying to manipulate the other by making the other person feel guilty so that they can take the toy or this or that. It's, you know, as they're confessing their sins, I'm thinking, OK, how does this then relate to other aspects of maturity? So, I mean, that that chapter in and of itself is just there's so much gold that that could be mined really in a book on its own. Uh, but yeah. Daniel, incredible insight, incredible words. Uh, I do have to, well, you speak about confession. I do have to confess. I feel like a horse's patoot. I have the book. I have stared at this press release and studied it, and I actually said the wrong title at the very beginning. And you cr- you corrected me. Without sounding like a correction. Yeah, yeah, you cr- Which well, You is did the an mark amazing job correcting me. But it wasn't until like halfway through the interview, I was like, oh. <laughs> I butchered the actual the name of the book. The actual name of the book. Lord, I'm actually on paternity. We just had our third kid. I'm on paternity leave this week, and so I've turned my brain off. Yeah, really. So my apologies. Hey, that's uh what do we call that? Um baby <laughs> baby brain or something <laughs> like that. Brain. Baby yeah. brain. Yeah. Uh so I butchered the title. Dad's mentioned the clan. This interview is completely wheels off. <laughs> however, however, all right. We've come to the part of the show, and to tell you the truth, I wasn't sure where this interview was going, but you now have become one of my favorite guests on the show. And if you are, if you make the wall of fame or shame, depending on how you look at it, then when you're in Austin, I buy you dinner at Enchiladas Imas. So, congratulations, Daniel M. You're my next guest. At Enchiladas Imas. Hey, I'll take it. I've never been to Austin. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, man. Oh, good. That's money in my pocket then. <laughs> Woo! I was sweating it there for a bit. 
<laughs> no, that'd be fun. No one. We probably had, oh man, sixty some on interviews. No one has taken him up on that. Not one. See, I'm batting a thousand. So hey, that makes <laughs> me feel not really all, special. That you not all this cat out to be. So don't really show up. <laughs> that would be so embarrassing if someone walked in the door. Hey, I'm here for my dinner. Daniel, thank you so much. If you want more information about Daniel, as well as picking up his book, No Silver Bullets, go to DanielM.com. Daniel, have a wonderful rest of your day. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for getting the name of my book right. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, man. Bye. I swear it was halfway through Mm -hmm. the interview. I was like, oh my, I totally got the five small shifts that will transform your ministry, right? (laughs) But not this. Huh. Okay. So. Listen, no one expects us to be professionals. Oh, my gosh. But I still feel like an idiot. Yep. I loved. I would would feel that way. I loved the research that he was talking about how reading your Bible. Why are we not talking about individual belief? This is. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't about churches. That reading your Bible had a, uh, forget the verbiage he used, but it had a positive indicator for uh, a depth with your spiritual walk, as well as when he said the confession piece leading to actually more uh, high rates of sharing your faith. Yeah. I loved that research that he talked about in the book, as well as obviously the interview regarding what is marks or what leads to these marks of maturity. Mm -hmm. The four different type of churches. You know, one of my pets, and again, all stemming from the first time I read Barna's book, Pagan Christianity, is um, is how Christianity, especially in America, has become very much a spectator sport. It has a lot of just entertainment value to it. And, you know, we're sort of left with, hey, did you like the speaker? Uh, oh, the music was too loud. I mean, it's it's like we're... We're giving a thumbs up or a thumbs down, or were you not entertained? Hmm. And so here's a way of looking at churches about what they do, how they do it, and is the church I'm going to, is it simply entertaining, or is it, does it actually contain those elements that are going to grow me and my family and my in our faith? So whether you are a pastor, whether you are a lay leader, or just a mom or a dad, No Silver Bullets is a fantastic read, and so you definitely should pick it up. And again, it's Daniel M., and it's I-M is his last name, DanielM.com. Right, and and really, the book does not have anything to do with Coors Light, so people need to know that. You were so weird in the interview today. <laughs> you mentioned the Coors Light in a church in Denver, and... Poking holes in pillowcases? No. And that wasn't even even applicable. When you saw Silver Bullet, you did not think of Coors Light. I didn't even see Silver Bullet. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. No wonder you thought I was coming out of left field. In the clan comments... That That's had my nothing standard to do joke about the South. With anything. But I he know. was talking about Christians in the I South. I know. I know. It's probably <sighs> awkward. And if you listen to, I, I love our listeners in the South. I'm from Texas. I'm sure clan blood uh, flows through my veins. Uh, so again, just stop talking yeah, about I mean, it. Yeah, I know. Paradoxpodcast.com if you want more information about this show. We'll have the links to what we talked about. Go to the episode tab if you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Us individually as well as the show. Um, you can check that information out on our website as well. It's been fun. Take care. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. 
And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I had a messy life growing up. I, I was not a believer. So, um, you know, I grew up in a divorced home. And, and after coming to, to Christ as a, a young Christian in Hollywood, trying to, you know, make life work without God, it doesn't really work.